This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast, your boy is back! Tortoise is in the building. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I am back. <laughs> yeah, the person you were talking about when you said the boy is back is the tortoise, not you in the hosting chair. That was the joke, Landon. You yeah, don't have to explain it for the man, audience. Landon, Jesus Christ. Jesus. I explained it for myself because I couldn't have you have this kind of like uh, confidence for yourself look, to be man, back. The, you know, this is why I'm here and you're in the Yinzer adjacent Listen, chair. I missed yesterday, so I, I had to wear my Steeler gear today. Yeah, the, the floor Steelers is yours. Uh, are, by all means, if you want to go down the 9-0 oh, path like I, mean, I did. Yeah, they might find a way to go 10-0. Well, they're not, just going to, I know, they're just going to give the them an playoff. extra win because they're playing so good. Well, they'll win the first playoff game. Yeah, that's true, yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> After they went out the season, uh, they'll get a bonus uh, win. I look dark all of a sudden. What the fuck happened? Yep. Um, I bet Conrad that... Oh, I, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet him $100 that the, 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 Giants, Jets, the Jets will not make the playoffs. Oh, I thought it was the, the the Giants have three years to make the Super Bowl. I also bet him a hundred dollars that the Giants have three years to make the Super Bowl, which will, I mean, I could give him thirty. It's not why. Why does he not like? He just bet you straight up because he, Daniel he Jones. He does. He has to hate money. Top he, ten quarterback. Daniel he was, Jones. He was talking about Daniel Jones like he's elite yesterday. I mean, he should at least try to get some odds. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he give him any. He bet. He bet straight up that a team will win the Super Bowl. Well, he changes it to go to the Super Bowl in a three-year span. Hard to do. No book is offering that at one-to-one. Listen, man, he he had a bad take, but I also had a bad take many years ago where I thought that Cam Newton was going to win like six rings. Mm. I thought that Cam Newton, like when Cam Newton was was that guy. No, I mean that. I was like, oh, shit, like this is a really good quarterback. When Cam Newton came out, he was just like crushing it. And then like. Then he didn't. I mean, people make that comparison to like. Patrick Mahomes, right? They're like, he's going to win six rings. Six right. is a lot. Six is a fucking right? lot, man. Because nobody has six except Tom Brady. Six is a lot. So like, that's a, you're that basically saying that someone's lot. a generational talent. He's, he's probably not going to win six, but you know what he is going to do? Go to the Super Bowl more often than Joe Burrow. Another yeah. bet that I have with Conrad mm-hmm. oh, that's free his... fucking money. Yeah, Joe... the issue is you're getting free-rolled. No, I am getting free. You're, you're 100% correct. Right, so like the only person that's losing here is you. I wonder well. what the odds were at the beginning of the season... For the Steelers to sweep the uh, Bengals, because that's what's going to happen on Sunday. I'm that, traumatized, you're, by you're the way, every right. time you mention Joe Burrow. You say Joe Burrows? Yeah, because oh, yeah. now, I, now I think about Jill. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Yeah, Jill yeah. was a sexy, yeah. sexy-looking woman. Ooh. We did pass, smash her pass. Oh. Uh, quarterback oh, yes. edition. She was the best one. She was a mm-hmm. smoke show. Mm-hmm. Those blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Jill Garoppolo was for the streets. Jenny Garoppolo. Jenny Garoppolo, whatever. She was for the streets. She looked, I see why Michelle likes Joe Burrow. Yeah, well, right. he's a good-looking yeah. guy, I guess. Guy. Who knew? Objectively good-looking guy, yeah. All right, you two talk amongst each other for a second. I need to get this lighting fixed. Oh, my goodness. The lighting Lord, master. This guy. This guy, yeah. You my, know what? Tell us where you've been. Tell me about your travels. I went back to uh, New York State, just uh, about, about hour and a half uh, north of the city. Okay. Maybe hour, yeah, hour 15 minutes um, to, to where Michelle's uh, hometown is. So we got to see some family, some friends. How long are you gone for? Thursday to Monday. Okay. Yeah, it was really nice. When's the last time you went to New York? 
2019. So wow. before the pandemic. I've never been. You've never been to New I've York? I've never been to New no? York. New York, City's, heard... New York City's really cool. Uh, her, her town is like this little like basic like Hudson Valley town. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, it, it, it was nice. It was nice to see her brother and her, uh, her dad and her uh, stepmom. So it was great, yeah. Yeah, I've heard like when it comes to the lifestyle that's around New York, um, it's definitely different than most cities. I've heard just like from the sense of if I didn't have a license there, it's kind of reasonable. Yeah, yeah. New York City's <laughs> different than like the other city, probably in the in the states. Um, yeah, you don't. She lived there for ten years and didn't have a car. She had a car upstate that she kept at her, her dad's place. Or, I've decided place, I wanted but, to grow up, man. I need mm-hmm. a license. This is the missing piece. Vegas, my, you need you need a license in Vegas, dude. It, everything's too spread out. This is my right? missing piece. So explain to me a little bit of of like where Michelle lives because I tried to understand this when I went to visit her mom. They're like in the city, but not in the city. Like they're not Manhattan, right? No. Well, Wait. I mean, she doesn't live there anyway. Uh, I know. Are you my, talking about where Michelle lived in the city or where her uh, or her family lives? grew up? Okay, her family grew up in the Hudson Valley. Okay, which okay, which means is like uh, an hour and fifteen minutes north. So is that where city. you went to visit? Yes. Okay. So we flew into Newark, we flew into Newark, and then just drove straight up. Okay, and then no time in Manhattan. We we didn't have it. We didn't have time to uh, no to go to the actual city. Okay, which Facts. was um, the Hudson yeah, disappointing, Valley but, is yeah. a New York State region that stretches along Hudson River. There River, you go. River, from yeah. Westchester to Albany. Mm-hmm. Are Orange, you are you auditioning to be the new reader? I'm good at reading. She, uh, I'm yeah. not going to go. Eh. Yeah, Cor- <laughs> Cornwall, Cornwall, New York is the, uh, the Cornwall, name of the town. Cornwall, New York. It's in Orange wow. County. Mm-hmm. Where the Orange County the Choppers were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, now that's a place Not, I'd like to visit. Right, yeah. Yeah. Her dad actually knows those guys. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. Well, he owns an auto body shop. Of course he does. Yeah, those, those are the kind of, those are my people, man. I could mm-hmm. get, get along with the uh, Tuttles. Yeah. Is that what they were? Tuttles? Tuttles? I don't know. What is that? But something. The, the guys who made Orange County Choppers. They made the... the I don't know I didn't know they is. had like a little nickname. What is that? No, I thought that was their last name. Oh, Tuttles. Oh, maybe. Yeah. What is that? Uh, they they created like custom motorcycles, mm-hmm. and it was a father son, and they just like hated each other. So the whole show was just them yelling at each Screaming, other. Yeah, kind of like you drama. talking on the phone with your mom today. Wait a minute, you yelled at Marnie? Oh my god, ripped her apart. I'm Landon, in my room I'm going. Ashamed of you. I'm in my room going. Stop yelling at your mother. <laughs> no, it, it's the conversation was. I would like to be an adult, and this is a thing that she does not have control over. Mm. So. I appreciate your concern, and I know you're watching. I love you, Mom. <laughs> I love you very much. Let me be an adult. Please. Please, Marnie. Please, Marnie. Please, Marnie. It, I beg you, let him grow up. Time. Let me grow up. It's time. Time for him to leave the nest. Yeah, it's I've time. been Wait. left the nest. You can leave me in my own mm-hmm. lower back injury healing nest. <laughs> this is a new nest for me. Okay? Can't be chauffeuring him yep. everywhere. Yeah. I hope you fly, kid. I got a fucking uh-huh. show for myself from now on, man. It's my missing piece, the license. Yeah, that's, that's the missing piece. <laughs> it's one of them. Man, your shot looks so good today. Not the hey, shot. Why, um, me. you know, while we're on the subject of the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, right, we're always on the subject of the Steelers. Why didn't, I, uh, okay why didn't you guys mention my uh, weekend warrior win yesterday? I think, I, I, think I, because the I think I got drowned at no. Oh, I had was, bucks. He had oh. the Bucks. I had I had Landon's Miami Dolphins, who uh, you know took care of business real nice. That was an easy one. Um, I how think is, it got drowned out in the Steeler talk, which is which is okay. How is Tua still alive? 
Like after all of these hits. I mean, he's a strong man. <laughs> in uh, in my defense to to getting drowned out, uh, Conrad. I don't think Conrad understands the theme of this show. Uh, like, you know, I'm happy to let him take the hosting chair. I, I, it takes a load off of me. I think he's good at it. He keeps the conversation flowing, but he doesn't just immediately get to become the face of the show. Like he doesn't get to he doesn't get to turn this into his show. There's no, there's no does, New York camaraderie right. here. But he does. Uh, yeah, that's true. Right. So like, you can't just blow through me taking the Steelers money line without mm -hmm. me getting to say a fucking word. Yeah. Like this is a goddamn Yinzer show. Listen, at the end of the day, you you still own the company. That's right. <laughs> that's gonna right. We're going to spend three minutes on on the terrible yeah. towel and how they're going to go that's, nine and zero down the stretch. That, yeah, that is uh, your um, privilege for being CEO of this. Company. Uh, that, that's right. You're <laughs> that right. is your We're God not given right. And, yeah. and as your right hand man, uh, you're goddamn right. The manager. <laughs> I needed Yinzer. I needed the manager here right. yesterday to step in, but now here we are. I know. Right I now, was, now he's gone. Listen, you listen brought Ryan shit. just to get him back for Conrad trying to take. I the time watched. Away. I watched pretty much the entire podcast mm -hmm. while I waited in line for Taylor it, Swift. <laughs> for Taylor, no, that's a whole other story. We're not going to sure. get into that right now. Um, waited in line at security at Newark Airport. It oh my God. was insane. So Michelle has uh, pre-check, mm -hmm. which. It's insane that I don't have it. I think it's like $80 for five years. Which yeah, but I'm, it's not the money. It's, it's the having it's, to go it, down. Exactly. Yeah. You have to go get fingerprinted, all this bullshit you have to go through. Right. So that's why I've never done it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to now. It was insane, dude. Like, so I get to the line and she's like, oh, no, the line's back there. And then I look and it's like, there's like a section missing that's down by the food court that they had to cut it off. So I go through the line, get to like where I think the front is. And no, there's a whole nother like. 300 people waiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, obviously I pull up the Only Friends podcast. Right, and, what uh, else are you going to do? Kill the time? And I can't believe that I got through pretty much the whole thing while I was waiting. I, we got to the airport like probably two and a half hours early and I almost missed the flight. You're, uh, you're a patient tortoise. That is very tortoise-like of you. I would have very, not made that flight. It was very, yeah. It was um, tortoise approved. The, the thing is with like, <laughs> with yeah, with Newark, like, uh, you know, in New York City, it's just like, it's always... Packed. Yeah, and and then you don't know what the traffic's going to be like. So, and we're like an hour and a half away from the airport. So, just like let's just leave early. Who cares? We'll get dinner down there. Man, God bless you guys. What a couple. Yeah. How long I would be, did I, it if, take? If I had a, you if, would never make. No, you would never survive no. if you had to. If right, you can't make flights in fucking Las Vegas. You can't which make is flights easiest, from JSX. Literally the easiest. No airport in the country like no matter where you are in the city i've never missed a flight at, at, at mccarran i miss flights at jsx that's that's the same thing it's worse no, no it's, it's worse. worse it's much not worse a, well it's, it's, a, it's worse but it's not it Wait, is worse it's worse there's no line it's a separate airport yeah it's a private airport where's it at it's uh, on the tarmac it's like, like near close. the it's like near where all the helicopter tours are yeah so it's not at mccarran no no Oh, I didn't know that. And he still misses them. No, yeah. you don't. It, listen, that, it's, 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 it's worse, thing. but it's, it's sort of not worse. So what it is, is that at JSX, they will board you up until 15 minutes prior to the flight. Okay. So, or actually like, it's really like 10 minutes, but you know, you're, you're, you're asking See, for a the, favor at that point. Mm -hmm. And the issue is. So you just push the, push yeah, the limit. The, course, win, the window keeps yeah. getting narrower and narrower, mm -hmm. right? Like it, if I'm not checking a bag and uh, I'm just going to take a Southwest flight. I know that I have like a 30 minute window mm -hmm. of where it's just no hope. I'm not going to make it right with right. JSX. It's like, I know that I have like a three minute window. <laughs> right. And like, I've literally gotten there with like 
12 minutes until mm-hmm. takeoff and they're like okay we'll accept you and, and I, I just keep pushing the thing it is, it's like i know you don't want to waste your time you're like well i okay i'm not gonna just like i don't want to waste my time so i'll just plan it to get there right when i can mm-hmm. but the problem is is that i know because i know instead you're just sitting in your kitchen no, on twitter no, for, sleeping. for a half hour no, when you no. could just leave then and sit on the plane no, on twitter for a half first, hour first of all it's the same thing first of all there's there's no uh internet there so it's a big problem mm. uh the cell signal is awful and secondly i'm never just wasting the time i'm utilizing the time i'm packing i know this because i'm always rushed to do that mm. shit too so Just it's do like it the night before, like an adult. No, absolutely not. Oh, see I'm, that, I'm playing pickleball I, the night yeah. before, uh, like a goddamn adult. The only time I pack the night before is when I have a super early flight. Like we we left, uh, like our our flight was super. Our flight was early. I think we left our house at like four thirty, leaving Vegas. So I packed the night before, so I could just get an extra twenty minutes of sleep. Yeah, the sleep but, is but critical. Mostly, I mean, it only takes me twenty minutes to pack. So like. Well, right. sometimes it takes 25, you know? You don't no, even yeah. bring what, a suitcase, man. Mm-hmm. You just put it in your backpack. Listen, I don't need to know all the reasons why I shouldn't miss the fucking flights. I get it. Yeah. You, you, I understand you get it. You just shouldn't miss it. But yeah. like, oh, but there's a lived, flight afterwards. If you lived in uh, anywhere in New York City and had to, had oh, I'd to be utilize dead. those airlines, you dead. would never. Uh, I did run bad one time at McCarran a couple of weeks ago where I had a 10 o'clock <laughs> Southwest flight booked. Uh, so I ended up missing live at the bike because of this. So I had a 10 a.m. Southwest flight booked. I go there. Their entire parking garage is closed. Valet, everything, right? And I have Why my car. Why you always got to leave early so you can uh, plan for these things? No, there's like no planning, though. The only alternative was to park at T3 and shuttle over. And that whole process, if you've ever done it, is like 20 to 30 minutes, basically. And it's like, you know, I basically had 30 minutes to catch a flight at this point. So I, I was like, okay, I'll bail on this. I'm obviously not going to make this flight. I've nowhere. I'd be better off parking at fucking MGM and just like Ubering over. You say like the entire garage was shut down. The whole T1 garage was closed. What were people is doing? This, is this the day you ran over your protein? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I was uh, so mad at Landon. It wasn't even his fault. It was just. Uh, fuck you. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't your fault. It was just I needed somebody to be mad at. Yeah. I had a whole car loaded up with protein because my assistant didn't have time to bring it over to the house. And she had us loaded into my car. And the fact that, like, in my head, because Landon knew the protein was in the car and didn't do anything about it, I was mad at him. Literally, I'll fight you. (laughs) I wasn't actually mad at you. I just need someone to be mad at. Yeah, it's like kicking the dog. Yeah. So I'm, like, trying trying to put my... not the point. I'm trying to put my bag in the trunk, and there's all this fucking protein there, and I can't fit it. So I just take a case out and throw it in my driveway, thinking, like, fuck this, man. Someone will see it whenever they go go to the podcast. And then I put my car in reverse and like rip out of the driveway and run over the goddamn box of protein. I <laughs> love that that happened everywhere. I I loved that that happened because you had no need or necessity to even do hey. that. That you were punished for hey, your actions. Landon, if it makes you feel any better, I forgive you. It's when I read when I read that in the group text, in my mind it was it was the powdered protein, right? Oh, so yeah, it's like yeah. a, yeah, a like same. a giant tub of powdered yeah. protein. That'd be and so figured, much better. No, yeah, of course. No, it was like premier like milk ready shakes. to drink yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah ready to drink uh, out of protein, uh, which is my driveway way looks like, worse. yeah my driveway looks like a dead body decomposed how on much it. uh how many bottles of it was everything in there or no uh, i think some were salvaged but they mar- they probably just got thrown away 
How long did it take Michelle to get through pre-check versus you taking two two and a half hours? It uh, it didn't take two and a half hours. It took it it took about a, an hour and ten minutes to get through. But uh, it took her like I don't know five ten minutes. Five minutes, maybe. Yeah. Brian, do you have your real ID yet? No. Okay, so just to give you a heads up, um, that was a shit show. That I was there for about an hour and a half as well, and you only oh, you should schedule an appointment. I did mine in like five minutes. Oh my god, it was a nightmare. If what I went is down this? to the DMV, it took so long. Everybody has until May third, right, of next year to get your real ID. So I did see that on um, it was either on the ticket or something that I was doing with uh with my flight that that said like yes by at that at this date, which you said it's May third. I think it's May third. Yeah. Yeah, that you need your real ID. Uh, to board a plane. What is so. a real ID? Like a state ID? Or? Yeah, it's just no, a it's, new verification yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. So everybody um, needs one of these? You don't even have a driver's license. Don't worry about it. Well, well so like, in order to fly, I think you're going to need to get it, though. Yeah, I think so, so too. So a passport won't work? Passport uh, will always passport work. Passport will always work? Yeah. Okay, because I, I mean, I still have a passport, so. Um, but no, yeah, you, if you're going to the DMV, like... Always make an appointment. Never just go. Yeah, yeah I had an appointment, here. and I was still there for an hour and a half. Really? Yeah, it was bad. Did you have to get brutal. your picture taken? Uh, yes. I think usually that's why. Okay. That, that tends to be a process. Um, I, I, for whatever reason, I didn't have to on mine. Hmm. Uh, I think I was just able to use the same one. But uh, probably a good time to take a pause. Give a huge shout out to this month's sponsor, WPT Global, home of... Your chance to win your way into the WPT championship event held at the win this December. That's a $10,400 buy-in, $15 million guaranteed prize pool. WPT Global is giving away satellites. This Sunday is actually the final eight-seat guarantee, which I was unaware of. I thought I had more Sundays to go, so I really messed up. I did not win enough seats. Um, but I think okay. that they are actually doing like a lot more giveaways between now and then, possibly even the week following. Uh, so pay attention to WPT Global socials. Uh, I saw them tweet something today about uh, asking if they should give away more seats. I assume the answer will be yes. Uh, you guys are all going to want to be a part of that as there's tremendous value in playing this event. I think it's going to be probably one of the softer 10Ks that come to be. Um, it's going to be a massive field and, uh, to correct something that we said earlier, we actually said that it was unlimited re-entries. That's not true. Unlimited. It is limited. one limited. bullet, one bullet per flight. Uh, so there are three flights. That means at most you'll get to play three times. Oh, is that true? There's no re-entry at all? No re-entry at all. Oh, that's good. That's good for the Rex. So annoying as somebody who's willing to fire though. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Some like of the, us don't have, uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. No, no, no. $100, no, 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 no not even that. Unlimited. Not even that. Like, um, uh, there was. It, it doesn't apply to this one because it's such a big event. You're happy to come back three days in a row for day ones. Mm -hmm. But there was a party poker event that they ran at Aria during the World Series a couple summers ago, and you could fire a max of six bullets, but it was two bullets per flight, and the other two flights. Contra or, or coincided with like other good events around mm -hmm. town that like basically anybody who was playing a 10k would rather play the other events and i remember i went on the day that i was able to to play this 10k party poker or whatever and i bust two bullets in like brutal fashion just get like you know two outed or whatever you thought you could and i'm just ready yeah. to rock it off the remaining mm -hmm. four and they're like sorry come back tomorrow and i go fuck you 
I'll never be back. They definitely saved you 40,000. Oh, for sure. For sure. I was in no state of mind to play. I was so mad. I'm arguing with them to buy back in. I'm like, I'm a whale. Take my money. And they're like, we'll take it tomorrow. Yep. Didn't you go back? No. Fuck no, I didn't go back. The Venetian did this to me too. They, uh, They were running like a 5K of some sort. This was many summers ago. And it was the same thing where like the other flights overlapped. And I remember fucking Joe Liberto just bad beat the shit out of me like like over and over and over again. Like Is that he, our new governor? No, Lombardo. it's Lombardo. <laughs> uh, he like busted me and then I redrew my same seat back and he fucking busted me again. And I was so mad and I go to the window to buy back in. They're like, you've reached your limit. I'm like, the fuck I have. Don't tell me how many times I can buy back in. <laughs> That's a strong play. You got to read the fine print, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, that, those are ones that you don't want to find out on accident. Mm-mm. Feels real bad, man. Feels Fine print, bad. like how to dunk a basketball. Like what, oh, account, what constitutes as a dunk? Oh, you want to you get, get into that, into right, that now? right now? Oh, while we're here. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that right now. We'll talk about this. So Landon, uh, he wasn't even being brash. That, no. That's not what happened here at all. Uh, he, I hate these results. He sheepishly admitted that he's never dunked a basketball at 6'4". Yeah, I was never really in shape. With freakishly long arms and very big hands. He had that long hair that would weigh him down, too. Mm, No, I just had a lot of weight that would weigh me down. (laughs) I, on the other hand, at six foot, have dunked many times. uh, As recently as 12 years ago. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, in high school. Uh, When you were back in your your 20s. No, well, yeah, I was 20. It was was the last year we lived at Mesa Verde. You were in your Um, 20s. I told Greg, we were playing basketball like literally every day. And I go, I'm dunking. Like we didn't even make a bet. It was just me, him and Pete. And I was just like, I'm fucking dunking. Like I was getting so close. I was way, way, way above the rim. Like I was getting like mid forearm into the rim, but I can't palm the ball. Stubby hands. Uh, They're not. Yeah. You have stubby fucking hands, man. Just accept that you have stubby I've, hands and alien and sausage fingers. I don't have sausage fingers. They're not fat fingers, but I do have short fingers. I've, I'm a lot of palm. So I actually have like relatively big hands, but if you can see, a lot of palm. Let's see. I'm Let's a see lot of palm. I have, I have alien. Oh, I have, that can palm a basketball. I have right a there. alien fingers. Yeah. See, his proportional <laughs> hands. His his fingers are as Let's long as his palm. Let's just say all the advantages are in Landon's face. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I said, well, you may have all the edge here, young man, and I may be a decrepit old person. But you're stubborn. But I've dunked before. It wasn't even like mm-hmm. I was. Ch- I was saying I can dunk. You can't. It was no. Just, that's exactly. What I you would said. like. No, it wasn't. It that, was, that was precisely what happened. It's not okay. Well, that's what I fucking heard. That's because your your ears don't work. Uh-huh. I literally said I would like to be able to dunk a basketball, and you go, I've dunked a basketball before, and mm-hmm. I go, okay. You want to, you want to be able to dunk a basketball again? You say yes. I go all right. Let's bet before the World Series starts that we can both dunk a basketball. This and you motherfucker go, trying okay, to make it how sound much like- is it? And I said two K. Sure, that's exactly what fucking happened in the gym. And you're trying to conflate it to being something else. Wait, There's listen, no ego battle. Listen to him turning into some okay. altruistic like thing. He's like, Matt, I'd like to is help it, you dunk I a basketball again. Look, look Brian, we literally booked this bet, and then he goes, you know what? These odds don't seem very fair. I either, either want to use a volleyball. I either want more no, no, time no, 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 when you no. do it, or I want to decrease your time. And I said, you know what? I'll only go till my birthday then. For what it's worth. We already booked the bet. I could have said, fuck you. For what it's worth, I said I would accept the bet that we booked. I just wanted to book a second bet uh, where I either got to use a mini ball. We sh- decreased the amount of time that he had to dunk. Mini ball? Yeah. Like, ball is like that big? 
Yeah, or a volleyball. Like volleyball. a woman's size. Anything ball. I could palm. Women's I could ball. palm a volleyball. Mm-hmm. Not uh, volleyball. Too easy. It's a little bit inflated, deflated in relation. Well, whatever. Like you literally, I just basketball. want any ball that I could palm. Women's basketball. Um. So I basically said to level it off because you're six four and you're going to dunk if you don't. Like, you know, I'll find you the barn to take yourself behind. Uh, <laughs> I'd like it if you even this up a little bit. Like, I'm still gonna take the worst of it. But it'd be nice if you threw me a bone. Oh, so you want a second bet? I was happy to take a second bet, but you just amended the first, which is also fine. Do you want a second bet? I would like to take as much action as possible if people are willing to lay me odds. I think I'm like 15% to die. I want in on the one-to-one. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want <laughs> one-to-one, obviously. But I basically said, like, okay, I either want you to have to dunk faster so that it makes it a little bit more fair, or I get to use a mini ball, or you have to dunk with two hands. Because I don't care what the outcome of this is. I don't think Landon's dunking with two hands anytime soon. The yeah. fuck is your... Relax. You should go with... It's a huge difference. You should go with Sooner. That's your, that's that that is went, what he went with. I went yeah, with my birthday. Go yeah. with. So if I the can't other dunk, two are, are much more difficult. Two hands is way, 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 way different skill set. Way different. Than, if than I can't dunk like even, even on four, I deserve it. Even on uh, lowered hoops where I can do like a lot of different types of dunks, like mm-hmm. coming under the hoop. Probably and nine and revert. a half or nine feet. There's Probably a like nine and a half, but like whatever, just anything where I can not just dunk, but like do tricks. Uh, I still will struggle to dunk with two hands. So like, even when I do like two handed dunks on, like if I do a reverse, I'm not doing it in a traditional, just like walk up to the hoop, jump off two feet, grab, grab the rim kind of way. I'm doing it in a run off of one foot, coming from behind me like that. Yeah, yeah. So like when it comes to just like traditionally dunking the ball with two hands, it's very difficult, especially if you're a one foot jumper like me. Mm. Uh, so that was like what I thought was actually going to be the most level mm. is him having to dunk two hands before I dunk one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to get a market out there. I think, I don't know what, what odds would I take? I would probably take like four to one on a hefty number that I can dunk. Four to one? Before the I, WSOP? I, I, yeah. I think I'm like 15%. I need actually. to get with the regular back ball. Healed. Yeah. Yeah, like no no, no nothing in my favor just uh you know, I basically just, just get train. unlimited temps between now and the right. WSOP and if I dunk once, I win. It's um, like we're trying to do what Mike did with free throws but just dunking a basketball. Yeah, except the difference is like free throws is just a a trained yeah. trial and error. Like yeah. Train. A lot of people can like can do that. You can build in accuracy yeah. with practice. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. I think yeah, and sometimes you're just physically can, limited. Like some people just, I'll never be able to dunk a basketball. Uh, no so I haven't I even like attempted in probably seven, six. I don't even know the last time I played basketball. So maybe like mm-hmm. seven or eight years. Uh, and the gym we're at, they have a vertical, um, a vertical pole. jump. Yeah, they have a pole. test. So I took a big run yesterday, and he had set the ten foot, and I jumped as hard as I possibly could. And I felt like I never left the ground. You, you, you didn't hurt yourself. He did, you? did hurt himself, actually. He I, I scratched stabbed, I stabbed hand. my hand on the pole. Oh. I, I like braced myself. Yeah. But I legitimately didn't even feel like I left the ground. I was mm-hmm. like, I could not have been more than three inches off the ground. And I need so to find... some work to be done. I need to find about 30. Yeah. He needs to find, like, you need to find, like, 30 inches. I probably need to find, like, eight or less. Yeah. Honestly. Because I... With the thing, I still have, like, my fucked up lower back at the moment. Like, very easily can just, like swing and hit over 10 feet but my form for jumping is very poor i don't know yeah. how to jump correctly yeah but once I'm, i figure I'm out counting how to jump, on the I'll fact be good. yeah i'm counting on the fact that uh building the athleticism to actually dunk takes time 
I think someone I'm like probably Landon, close. Yeah, the, I'm pretty close. Yeah, I I I, th- I think you're a pretty big favorite to be able to dunk at six four. I think with your wingspan. I think that if I like if I the right don't, training. if I I think I can get there probably within a couple months. If my back mm-hmm. was healed, like I can definitely do it before my birthday. It's not like I really yeah. need my birthday as a hard stop. The back is the, uh, that's the, at the moment, that's, that's my big issue. These, these charts, issue, these yeah. vertical, vertical leap charts aren't really worth all that much because they measure, um, you at a standstill jumping off Just of two jumping feet, straight up, yeah. which is pretty meaningless. Like no one does that. What do you need that for? Well, no, you do. And it, it matters. That's the best way to jump or to judge like how high you can jump, what you're capable of from like an explosion. Combines. Yeah. Right, but it, they're already monsters, right? The average person is not a jumping that's, monster. That's not the point. The point of the test is to measure like what you could vertically leap in, you know, one bound. But when it comes to dunking a basketball, that's not the movement. Right, is like, that a movement in anything? Yeah, of course. Volleyball and I you're mean even, even in basketball. No, you're not. In volleyball, you are. You, have you to, take an approach of two steps. Yeah, but you run and you jump. You don't just stand there straight and then jump. Not necessarily. If, if you're going to block a shot, you're already at the net. Yeah. So if you block, if you block your standstill, right. but they still step into no. it. Correct. It, there's there's one step. There's I would a agree step. With that. I'm there's saying not it's, a step if you're blocking. Right. If you're I played club volleyball. No, he's like, right. If you're direct, just imagine, just picture yourself right up against the net. You just stand net. against the net like right this. Right up against the net, there's nowhere to step to. You, just, yeah, you stand against the up. net like Still this, and you jump straight up. Guapo and I are both on the side that you take a little I'll tell step. you what, I would fucking love to play volleyball against both of you. <laughs> yeah, because before, I would, before, before I would, dunking. Uh, here we go. I would love to watch this <laughs> monkey, bet. Like, this who, monkey fuck of football. Who can, uh, who can spike well, the ball I don't ball know, but if you guys are taking an approach to play defense on volleyball, I feel pretty good about my side. Listen, man, you're fucking 40 and washed. Relax. That's fine. I'll take my lumps. Relax. I, I, hey, I'll take my lumps. Get in there, tall boy. Relax. He'll I need be, my uh, back to be healed. He'll actually be 41 when this contest takes place. Only if I don't end it sooner. Decre- <laughs> decrepit, <laughs> you're gonna withered. You're going to end it before uh, end January? Maybe. No, hey, man. I saw an old man run a fucking marathon in just over three hours, smoking three packs of cigarettes along the way. He can this probably die. man. All right. This man, his entire lungs are lined with tar. It doesn't matter. I don't know, man. This look at this fucking guy. I mean, what a hero. I love how, hero. I love where they have an action shot of him smoking. Look at him, <laughs> him actually like lighting up. Exactly. Imagine, imagine like being in the in the like back uh like like backdraft of that, where you're you can't keep up with the fucking guy who's. <laughs> Just smoking a pack now, in your face. P-Kids is what we call the exception to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> Not it's, everybody is be able to do that. It's a culture, man. They just mm-hmm. train. They, that, you know what? What happens is uh, that's how they get your VO2 max up mm-hmm. is they start you off with a handicap. They say, all right, smoke this pack <laughs> and now go run up a fucking mountain. <laughs> Tell me how that's you feel. Incredible. I would love to have Conrad run a marathon while vaping. Just vaping the whole fucking way. Oh. How long do you think it'd take him to do it? A day. A day. Maybe a week. <laughs> How Conrad far is a marathon? 26.2. Yeah. I mean, Lynn won her bet with the marathon within, what, eight hours? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a laughable pace. It's literally a walk. Is that what it was? That was the bet was 26.2 in eight hours. Yeah. So it's like 3.3 3. miles per hour. It's literally yeah. a walk. Yeah. What What's the furthest you guys have ever run in one stretch? Four miles for me. Um, yeah, I, I think no that's idea. about right for me too. I think, I think we I, were like closer to ten in college. 
10? You just ran for 10 for, miles straight? For, or there were weeks training where, for baseball? Yeah, there were weeks where we would do like 50 miles total over the course of like six okay. days. Yeah. Tre- like treadmill or just track? No, always was it track or like Indian runs? Where like Neither. the guy in the back had to run. To we the front? we did Indian runs for punishment, but like almost yeah. all of our running was just beating the pavement around Erie. Like we would run to the fucking peninsula and back. Was it like as a team or people just did it individually and you had to have these miles team. done? Yeah. yeah, I was never brutal. never a runner. Like it just I it was crazy. I like get, how I quickly I developed into yeah. one. Uh, I went from being the guy who couldn't complete a mile in under eight minutes to being the pace setter. So I think I think human beings are natural runners right yeah. so yeah, it's yeah. just like i think it, that's how we used to hunt most people can train up like if, if you do the uh, right training like almost not anybody but like if if you're in relative relatively good shape i think you, i think you can train up to run a marathon yeah like you can train up to run it uh but how well you perform at it matters mm-hmm. according to your genetics yeah. like vo2 max. i have a very 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 high vo2 max and i didn't discover it until i like got myself in good enough shape to be able VO, to do explain vo2 max uh basically means that you can uh like your muscles will be saturated with more oxygen mm-hmm. so you're just more efficient with your with your it oxygen has to do with lungs as well right like how much you can breathe like uh, your you lung can capacity, it all probably? it all starts with your lung capacity yeah but it's it's uh how oxygen i never get this oxygenated. Word. oxygenated oxygenated yes i always try to miss i, I displace the g uh oxygenated your blood is so um it's the same thing with like free divers they'll have like an incredibly high vo2 max so it allows them to hold their breath longer yeah uh yeah it's that's what makes the guy who's chain smoking so incredible his vo2 max is ridiculous honestly he might just be a fucking alien living off carbon dioxide maybe you know just or eggshells why you know i'm like, the one with this you think i don't have that I fucking segue do. in my head i do i know where i was going with I that know man you do it doesn't you guys, have to always be God, you man hey, damn it hey, this, you guys do this to conrad too. what's the issue there's no conrad's issue the worst i love conrad's segue speaking of speaking of aliens yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's where i was god I, I had such a gem lined up and now all of a sudden i knew it i saw you know it. what I man you know what man you want your shine you can have your shine I'll no stop. i don't want my shine you i want to i want to be able to navigate the show correctly without you stepping on my dick along the way all right navigator <laughs> you know? fucking lead the way what am i supposed to do with these eggshells now we've already gone through the tweet no we Let's didn't see. yeah it's been up it's been up it's been down yeah put it back up again <laughs> Look Christ at this guy. Almighty. I hate how you take the worst fucking pictures too, but I'm not going to talk about what it. What are you talking about? You I think that's there. a great picture. I agree. What are you talking it's about? It's a bad angle. Terrible no, angle. it's not about the angle. Look Terrible at that. Angle. You actually look tall. You look so happy. I actually look tall. I am fucking tall. I don't have to look tall. True. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, you do those, have to look tall those, because you are tall. Those pecs are like peeking out of your. Well, uh, let's not go too far. Brown hardware, baby. Your shirt. So tell us about the eggshells. Yeah, well, I heard they were good for you. So I started eating them. Well, they are. I believe they. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, you're supposed to boil them or something. But like, how different can it really be? Did, so, did everyone you, keeps saying you get salmonella from raw eggs, you get salmonella from eggshells. If I get sick, I get sick. So, okay? what did you do? You had some raw eggs today. No, Matt used uh, eggs to make pancakes. Like and you said, "Hey, keep those shells." He just had them on the counter, and I just took one and ate it. That's the first time you tried. Not it? one. No. I took them all at some point. I took one, and then I took another one, and then Not I took one. the third one, and then I took the fourth one. Not two. Not three. <laughs> Not four. But four. No, four. Four uh, used eggshells. He's What's a LeBron the James he was, of eggshells. He was eating, eating them like apples. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I've tried it before. Just I was curious. I was like, oh, this actually tastes pretty good. I it think, tastes good. I think it tastes good. Did yeah. It, but like, I'm was weird. it like gritty? I feel yeah. like it would be very gritty. It is. And then like kind of like if, you've never gotten like a piece of a shell in an egg. 
Yes. Yeah, it's the worst. Right, a tiny little it's piece. It's the worst. Though, right? it's, it's, it, yeah. Like, it would... Grow up. If, to me, it'd be like sticking a handful of sand in your mouth. Yeah. It's not sand. It's, it's crunchy not sand. sand. I like yeah. how this little this this little softy thinks that this is what makes him fucking hard. What are you like, talking about? Like I eat eggshells for breakfast, that motherfucker. Make, that doesn't make me anything. Hard. Grow up. I'm out here. He's like, oh, gr- I'm out here good. on my grind eating these eggshells like they grits. No. This guy will literally, literally, literally <laughs> eat anything. Yeah, I don't like wasting food. I know, like, He's Mikey. But, but like, I don't think. Throwing eggshells away is wasting. I food. don't eat all of them every time I cook eggs. Sometimes you're like, you know what? This mm. kind of tastes good. Yeah. I had bone broth. You put bone broth in the egg and then you just eat it. Is it good? If it didn't taste good, I wouldn't fucking eat it. Hey, to each their own, man. True, but but to there's but own. there's like there's literally nothing that you don't like. Not particularly, I don't think. Yeah, I haven't there's come across one food you could do without your whole life. Eggshells. No, they're fine. No, eggshells are rising on the list. Uh, yeah, eggshells are <laughs> like a top ten value. at this point. They're booming. I don't uh, know. I'd have to. I'm sure there's stuff though. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff. But I'm. Melissa said she was gonna get like a century egg. It was like a, uh, an egg that's been uh, around for a century. And no, I mean the idea it's is like, like the egg looks really gross. It doesn't just look mm. gross. It is gross. But it probably isn't gross because people still eat them. Have you it's ever? It's like had- a delicacy and maybe. In, have like, you ever had like Europe. an ostrich egg? You know, I that's what I said. Eggs, yeah. Actually, the the real test is if you want balut. Do you know what balut is? Mm-hmm. I do know what that is, but okay. I've never tried it. That's an egg where it's almost a chicken. Ugh. Oh, nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody wants that. Although I'm sure fucking alien boy over there would just be snacking on the goddamn toenails. I said I'd be willing. To tr- I would be willing to try something. The issue is you're you're the oh. one that's making these assumptions oh, or things of that Look nature that. without actually oh. trying. <laughs> See, you haven't even no, tried it. It's like a baby chicken I in there. I don't want to fucking try it. No, I what can't. What do you do? You just drink oh, it. Oh no. god. Oh Jesus. You just drink it. You just put it in your mouth. Oh, oh no. I feel like they're just drinking the embryonic fluid. Yeah, no, no, and no, they no. just. <laughs> the well, thing is, there's 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 no reason to. Oh like, Christ! There's just no. Just eat the whole thing. Yeah, why why know, are you making it a big deal? You want to know how that There's tastes no better? Reason to you want to know that. how that tastes better? Just Look. as a fucking yolk. Look, that was really, really good. good. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. You, but here's the thing. The only reason why like everyone feels that way is because it's very foreign, right? You've never actually tried it and been like, oh, this is disgusting, right? Sure. Sure. It's, a, it's a fair statement. If you tried it and was like, oh, wait, this is mm-hmm. actually gross, then you wouldn't eat it again. Yeah, I think that's the... The human body is meant that way to not stick correct foreign things right. in their mouth. Like no part of me wants to stick a snail in my mouth. Right. Snails taste good. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't care. Yeah, like I just don't care. You're just being a child. No. I don't want to eat this because I think it looks gross. Unless I'm stranded on an island where right. I need to survive off of this type of shit. I don't need to be eating larva a, or or bugs or snails or any of this yeah, nonsense. I'm pretty open minded about my food choices, but that is a limit. I wanna make it I wanna make a new bet now. If you it's can't do something, unlimited. you have to eat you have to you have to get one of those and you have to eat it. No, absolutely not. I'd rather pay you money. I would rather see you eat the fucking bird. I'd rather pay you eat money. Eat the bird. <laughs> I don't want to eat the fucking bird. Eat the bird. Um, th- this would be my biggest struggle. Listen, man, successful people are the ones that break the rules. Now eat the bird. <laughs> All right. All right. You listen here. You, you eat the successful. You eat the fucking bird. You eat the fucking bird. <laughs> you want to live in the penthouse? 
You gotta break the goddamn rules and eat the bird. <laughs> Go from the hen house to the penthouse. <laughs> you better eat the bird. That's right. You wanna know who's successful? Uh, the fox in the hen house, not the goddamn chickens. Yeah. Because the fox isn't even allowed to be in there. He broke the rules to get in there. That's right. Being <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh man. It's it's never gonna die. Shout out to the hashtag success for dummies, my man S4D. Nikki V. Sad. We're replacing Sad. all the we're, we're replacing all the Nikki P's with Nikki V's. Mm. Oh man, that that was good. Mm. Ex see, those are the ones that I really appreciate. You don't got to step on my transaction or transitions. Your transactions or my transactions for that matter. <laughs> you work your side of the street, I'll work mine, buddy. You're uh, listen. If you're trying to bet Matt on him being able to dunk a basketball, talk to Matt. I will take Transactions.com. Yeah, Landon. Landon's like. <laughs> <laughs> Landon's like, did you get any other bets? I'm like, no, nah, I haven't like put anything out publicly yet. He goes, oh, it's gonna be tough since you laid me one to one. I'm like, I I'm, I'm not fucking giving anybody even odds on me dunking a basketball. You think I think I'm fifty fifty? I think uh, yeah. I found it very funny though when I posted the tweet in itself, just that you and I could both dunk a basketball. Yeah. The amount of people that did not know, like, a how tall I how tall I was, B, like wingspan or anything that was actually rel relatively important. It was like, oh, you can never dunk a basketball in your life. What? Oh, you're saying they said that without knowing. Exactly. Without knowing yeah. the things that are actually important where I probably don't even have to jump that fucking high. I just right. have to be able to jump. And right. I've never actually been in good condition mm. ever until very recently. Where This is the calm before the storm. Yeah, I'm going to do fucking 360s and shit. Oh, this kid, <laughs> this kid doesn't know the pain of getting stuffed by the fucking rim. Oh, I know the pain. I will know the pain. He's I mean, going to be on the the, uh, the NBA All-Star dunk contest. No, no, like, definitely not. No, but he's like, going to be laying flat on the on his back in the fetal position going, No, Dr. Z, I need a backing out of me. I've, I've done that already. Where When we were younger, we had a basketball hoop in our in our driveway, and it was an adjustable rim. So when we were younger, we would just have the adjustable rim and put it down to eight feet or seven feet and dunk. Sometimes you fucking missed. Or one time I hung on the rim and actually like fell the wrong way. And I landed on my back and that shit fucking hurts. I gotta tell you, man, listening to these stories makes me a lot more confident in my side. There's no side. The side is used to having to be able to dunk. Well, I, you're 40 and decrepit. I get Relax. To, as long as you don't dunk, I'm free rolling. As long as you can't dunk, I'm still free rolling. Cause I'm going to be able to dunk. <laughs> It's not gonna be that hard. I don't. You saw how high I could everybody get on the. That's not that high. On on the ten foot thing. Yeah, that wasn't that with, high. It was where exactly. Put, how, it was exactly oh, how high it needed okay. to be. All right. So you gave yourself. <laughs> you gave yourself, Burke. Fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. That's great. Um, I, I think Landon. Yeah, where you have Landon. At? I mean, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. You have move. him above fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen him move with the basketball or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I think he's somewhere between like fifty and sixty-five percent. And why did you bet one to one? I'm a nice guy. I've played. I'm gracious. How much basketball do you think I've played in my life? I don't care. A lot or a little? I don't care. I played a lot of fucking basketball. I don't care. That means nothing. I know how to move. I've played very with, little basketball. What's your point? I'm saying is I know how to move with a basketball. <laughs> that, that's what happened. But that's I didn't land on my be, neck. I landed yeah. on my back. I didn't do that. <laughs> that's gonna be my first 25 that's, attempts. That's gonna be you with the with the. <laughs> Whipping and nay naying all over nah, the my place. Biggest, my <laughs> biggest challenge will be getting the ball into the hoop. Like I, <laughs> Wow, his biggest challenge will be dunking the basketball. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, when you can't palm the ball, you do a lot of spiking off the back of the rim. Because you're cupping, like the Stevie Francis, where right. you're, you're going from cupping to overturning. You lose the ball in the air. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not that you lose it. It's that... Uh, 
You just can't you hold can't, on to you it. Can't you can't hold control it, out. it as much. Well, you yeah. can't hold it out like Jordan does, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, since you can't outreach like this, you have to like stay... You have to dump your hand over. Yeah, you have to like stay tight the whole way through until you come through. And now you're like really you're bringing a lot of force. Almost, yeah. yeah, you're bringing like a lot of force yeah. with you. So what happens is the ball separates like right here. And if it's not on the trajectory to go down, it goes back iron. Wow. Man, I've... I haven't I've, played I've, basketball in so long. I'm so I'm very excited. Are you gonna start playing basketball too? I would like to. Mm. It's been a while, but it seems like the uh, ease of access to doing that is actually difficult. To, like, they run at UNLV. Right, you have to go to UNLV. When I was at Florida State, I just walked to the gym. Whoa. Right. I'm about to get a car. First. Enter the car. Enter, enter the driver's enter license. Enter the car. Because for, for me, like I can just pull and just like put week. my hand over. For you, you have to bring your like entire hand over always like that. Talked about. What is happening? That's Olivia Rodrigo. I know. It's a great song. I know. Don't, like, don't make me start singing Taylor Swift. Someone here on Ticketmaster trying we're talking to get my about, tickets. Uh, we were hearing. We heard all too. Shit show. We heard all too well in the car before going to the gym. And I was thinking about, I was like, this is Jake Gyllenhaal, right? And I'm like, how long do you think Taylor Swift was with Jake Gyllenhaal for making that song? And I was like. Three days. <laughs> no, they were together for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we went out on one date, and then <laughs> you broke me. That'd be uh, fine by me. Sign me the fuck up. You want a song written about you? I do. I, I absolutely want to. I want to date Taylor Swift, and I want to break her heart. What mm. about if Nikki Glaser made a comedy skit about you? Would you take that? Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. That that would be good. Uh, I mean, the problem is, is that like, there's nothing complimentary it. about being the the butt of that joke right uh well, so it's like but uh, you're etched in it, history. It, would, it would depend on like how close our relate like if we just hooked up one time i wouldn't care if she made a joke about it obviously but if we dated for like two years and she just preyed upon every single insecurity of the relationship that'd be fucking tough and then you just have to go to the show and yeah. you have to watch it you have to be in the crowd yeah, yeah. i mean she gave it to jake Jill and all pretty hard I mean, if you're dear john though no, about never. John Mayer. That oh. one's worse. Mm. Wow, we got, I got to hear it. Check <laughs> out Dear John. That's that our homework. That one might be even worse, yeah. I, I would be he happy. Took her for, he took her V-card. Ooh. And it's, she, you know, he, she, he was a lot older than her. Yeah, she, 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 she mm. seems to follow a trend. Yeah. It seems Good to be a bit of a trend with uh, Objectively Tay-Tay. looking men. What's uh, the trend? Older, look, or, uh, older uh, singers in the same industry as her. Mm. I think when she was younger, because she was more... Um, All just, too yeah. well. <laughs> hey man, if Taylor wants to go on a date, I'm here. <laughs> nah, she's in, she's in a solid relationship now. Wow. Yeah, for now, wow. of course that motherfucker's scared stiff. Yeah, yeah, you know what happens if <laughs> they've been together for. Yeah, you think years. he doesn't mind his p's and q's? Every yeah. day he's wait, sitting there, wait a minute, wait a minute, through her journal, she making sure. She made this song about Jake very recently, even though it was like years ago. No, no, no. She made this song. Wait, this song came out. Back in the Red album, and then she wow. redid the Red album because mm. she had to because For so she could get yeah so she get the rights mm. to her music, and it was only uh, like a four minute song back then. But she said that she, <laughs> she written like a whole bunch of like extra lyrics for it, but didn't put it in the song, and then she. To decide to re-release that. It's so as funny. A ten minute I listened I to the ten-minute version, and I don't even notice where the addition is. Have you heard the the? Yeah, but it just like it, yeah. it, the the song is like composed so well. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize yeah. that it's even ten, like you barely yeah. even get to the chorus twice throughout the whole ten minutes. Mm-hmm. She's just a lot what of a storyteller. Yeah. yeah, oh, she's the best. She's the Man, best. I can't even imagine then what this next song is going to be if it doesn't go well. If it if it's not all too, I, well. I have to tell you, I, I would be I would be fine. 
being the person that all too well was written about. <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, yeah. You know? You're just a heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, not me, but you know. No, I wouldn't mind be being you. Jakey in this, in, in this particular so, situation. So yes, you would be the heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, well. That's who you are in the song. Better than the alternative, am I right? The heartbroken? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to write the song. Right. Nobody wants to be that guy. I, Landon wants to be that guy. What the the guy that like has his heart spills his heart out onto a yeah, piece just of paper, ripped out of his chest, and yeah, no, I probably it. read a blog post about it or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I got my heart broken. Here's how uh, the experience I had. If you gain something from that, great. If not, here's my pain. Here, here it is on the piece of paper. Oh man, All for right. you. While we're on the subject of blog posts, uh, and if people gain any value from it, let's talk a little bit about this Patrick Howard tweet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Patrick. Yeah, because you let me get there, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> you're my, you're my Scotty Pippen. All too well. All too well. Um, <laughs> so Patrick put this tweet out uh, a couple days ago, and he said, "Stuck on what bet sizes to use in no limit cash games? Here are all the bet sizes I suggest you use on flop and turn. Use this strategy if you want to get to the river simply with a balanced range and dramatically simplify and study your play. Uh, sorry, dramatically simplify your study and play." Um, is this exclusively for cash games? I mean, yeah, because variable stack sizes on um, right. MTTs don't really allow for you to it's because you're so generalized like this. Sometimes you want to bet one big blind instead of 30%. Yeah, right? we just like know, we, we consistently know what the SPR is in cash. Like mm-hmm. single raise pot, it's going to be like 10 to 15. Three up pot, it's going to be like four. You know, four to seven, depending on depth, yeah. whatever. Um, so the sizes he chooses, I believe, are range bets for 30% when in position. Uh, did he use the same sizing out of position mixed with checks? Uh, yes, he does. Yeah. 30%. Yeah, okay. So he I know uses, Patrick. He keeps things clean. Yeah, so he uses C-bet sizings of 30, 30% whether he's in or out of position in single raise pots. Uh, the only difference is he mixes in more checks when he's out of pots. Um then he has, uh, he says, if you want to add a larger size C bet or an over bet on uh, specifically boards with two high cards, uh, especially from late position, you can, but make sure you have a plan moving forward because things get complicated, which is obviously true. Um, he says, for flop stabs in position in single raise pots, 50%. So that's when check to, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're the in position caller, he's betting half pot when check to. Uh, stabs in position in three bet pots. He's betting third pot again. Uh, flop C bets out of position in three bet pots. He's using half. Flop C bets in position. He's using third uh, for three bet pots. Um, and then as far as double barrels go, he's basically just using seventy percent pot across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're out of position, sorry, that's that's for all the in positions. Uh, double barrels out of position. He's using fifty percent. Uh, yeah. Oh, my bad. Double barrels and single raise pots. He's using seventy percent across the board. Uh, he'll mix in one hundred and twenty percent in position. Uh, in only. position only. Um, double barrels out of position. He uses fifty percent. Double barrels in position. He uses seventy. Uh, and I think that that's it. He doesn't talk about river sizings. Uh, so basically, standard is going to be, he's going to be range betting a lot in position for 30%. He's going to be using a 30% C-bet uh, sizing out of position in single raise pots as well as checks. Um, double barrels, he's just mostly going to be using 70% pot. 
uh, he'll be using half pot when C betting in three bet pots or when stabbing when check two in single raise pots. Uh, and he'll be using 50% pot as a double barrel size when out of position in three bet pots. What do you think of this simplified sizing matrix? I think it's really smart. Yeah. I think that when it comes to most people and making decisions anyways to being an online winning player in cash at very low to mid stakes and even when you get to high stakes in some environments, like of course the stars 2K pools can be different than the ignition 2K pool, so to speak, or the ACR 5K pool. But when it comes to making the simple decisions and having a strategy, I am a firm believer that having sims and running things for yourself where you're playing a strategy that you're going to use is super important because if something mixes three sizes and you're only playing one you're going to get an answer that doesn't actually help with your own study and play so if you have a simplified betting metric and options throughout the entire game tree for flop turn and river you can then start to actually learn something and simplify and understand your own strategy I think playing multiple sizes in a bunch of different spots isn't necessarily the most important thing, but knowing how to play your own strategy is very important. Like for myself personally, when, I, when it comes to certain ideas, um, I know some flops like bigger sizes than smaller. Some, sp some flops like ace, ace, deuce, rainbow, button versus big blind, you're going to want to bet small with your entire range. So I know that that's just a range bet for one big blind. So I bet one big blind. There's some other boards called like 10, 8, 5, rainbow, where you want to play an overbet or a check and the idea there being that you want to leverage the overpairs so in that spot i won't play a small bet i'll only play the overbet or check so in those nodes i'll realize okay these boards uh call for different sizes i know what those sizes are playing multiple is definitely allowed but the ev difference is very very small so i'd rather know my strategy than play two sizes yeah i think that that's extrapolate that throughout the game tree I think that's relatively fair. Uh, I think my pushback to this level of simplification is that as important as, as important as it is for you to understand your strategy, and I do agree with that point, like it's, it's pretty critical for you to be able to study all these lines as you're going to apply them. Um, it's equally as important to understand the counter strategies and the issue begins, from my perspective anyway, uh, with the way that I've utilized Sims. If you reduce the vision of the, of the solver to these simple lines, uh, it's not that you're giving up that much EV. That's, that's not the bigger concern. The bigger concern is that you're limiting the scope of your comprehension of what actually can occur. Not what is actually occurring, right? But what actually can occur. So in other words, like when you only have a 30% pot bet as a C-bet size in position and you choose it uh, on a plethora of boards or whatever the case may be, and we start talking about like the, uh, the board textures where you could have a larger size mixed with check, right? So it's, it could be big, small, and check. And you personally simplify it to big and check, but uh, we now are executing small. As a defender who sees that, the defender is going to be, or at least is likely to be, operating off of their own methodology of study, right? And they're likely to be studied in multiple sizings. So they're probably going to assume that you're mixing between big, small, and check rather than just range betting small. And now what ends up happening is the counter looks different, right? Because they have to account, or at least they should account, 
that if that other size occurs, then this range is not constructed the same as if it doesn't occur, right? Um, additionally, what ends up happening that I think is worse or the, the, the bigger issue here for the simplified strategy is when you're on the defense. Mm. So now when you face 120% pot in a spot where you're only studied into 30% pot, how do you respond, right? For me, studying complexity isn't about what I can apply. It's about me being able to recognize how to react to opponents who are more studied in these lines than I am. The, my pushback would be, do you think that's important to beating 100 and L? That's not fair because you're changing the contextualization of the, the advice. You're basically saying that at some level, a simplified strategy will do well for people who don't have an alternative. Which is true. Correct. Yes. No, nobody would ever argue that point. Right. Okay. The point that I'm arguing is that uh, it comes with a very, very, very limited ceiling. And basically anybody who's competent enough to study simplified sizings is also competent enough to look at more complex sims. But do you think you should, you should start with the simplified and then extrapolate out? Or do you think it's better to just study everything and then hone in? Well, I, I think... It, well, like, I, I, think, I think it just depends on like the type of learning style, mm -hmm. right? Some people like the fire hose approach and other people, like I personally would prefer the fire hose approach, right? Because I get the full context and I can just, uh, I think it's important for me to be able to marry concepts together. And if I lack the vision of like what's happening through a bigger bet lens, then I never grasp onto the bigger concept, right? But for people who are studying strictly through the micro lens of, I just want to know how to execute on this particular flop, it probably is more important to start with a simplified strategy and then expand your way out. But like, let's look at let's look at it through the example of you specifically, Brian, because mm -hmm. you've never run Sims, right? Right. So if you were to start tomorrow, um, of course, a simplified strategy would outperform whatever the fuck it is that you're currently doing. But if you played me, uh, like let's let's say that we started to get you into heads up study, right, and uh, you learned only one size per street, right? And now you play me heads up and I'm hitting you with like three sizes on turns, two sizes on flops, four sizes on rivers, right? And I'm just doing them at variable frequencies. How on earth are you ever going to handle that problem? Right? You're right back to where you regress to right where you were before you studied it, if, if I'm not mistaken. Well, if you understand the macro principles of understanding that you can continue less versus bigger bets you can then start to intuit what counts as top of range, what counts as middle, and what counts as bottom. Well, you understand though, like when it comes to when it comes to defending against big bets, it's often non-intuitive the way that our range is actually comprised. Right? It's not as simple as just like good hand continue, bad hand fold. I mean, that happens on the fringes. It'll get you pretty far. Will it? Yeah. You don't think you're massively overfolding when that's the case? If you think, like, if you it depends what you quantify as good hand, right? Because I'd quantify, like, second pair top kicker as good hand. Okay, well, that's or the third problem. third pair top kicker. But that's the problem. Right. You know that because you're well studied. Yeah. You have, to, you have to remember who this advice is for if you're operating off the lens of, don't you think that this would apply at 50 and L? Right. So because now, they yeah. do not know that second pair or bottom pair, like, if I ask Brian, what's a good hand? What's your minimum qualification for a good hand? What's the worst best hand you can, you'd call it? Top set. 
Right, tortoise favorite. Tortoise approved. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, like you face overbet on flop. Like what's the worst hand that you would feel very confident in continuing with? Yeah, probably top pair. Exactly. And that's always going to be the default. Mm -hmm. Right. So now if you add the advice of, call it, a pair is a good hand. And you quantify getting to the river with all the pairs that you can have. Don't you think that's, don't you think that's reductive as opposed to just looking at what's supposed to defend at 120% pot? It's reductive, but the EV loss is going to be negligible in theory. No, it's not about the EV loss. That, that has not, we're, we're talking about building a, a self-sustaining poker player. Somebody who's capable of brain solving in real time. It's, it's funny because in like all actuality, if someone just did not fold a pair facing multiple streets of action, mm -hmm. you're probably going to end up doing all right over the long Correct. term. But we're not going to go I would also, I would also <laughs> make go I would there. also make a pretty strong counter that like if you give the advice of no matter what size you face on flop, don't fold pair. Uh, they are going to get, like they may not lose much EV on the flop. They're going to get obliterated by the river. If, assuming more bets come in. But they will. When you okay. face 120% pot, you don't just like face shutdowns a lot. Well, in theoretically you do. You face it like half the time. Right? Practically, you're still going to face more bets. But my sort of take here and like when I run sims and deal with these problems, I run two sims. I run one sim with the small bet, big bet, like have all of the knowledge available to me that I think would be used. Mm -hmm. And then I run a second sim as to how I would play in game and the bet size I faced in game. Yeah. Just to kind of see what the overall strategic differences is because I've run a bunch of different spots where if you operate under the pretense of a range bet, where you call it 90-10 bet check, but you just range bet, the strategies for turn and river are slightly different. Yeah. And that'll change your overall strategy. And the important part is knowing your strategy. We're completely in agreement. That comparative analysis to me is the crux of this problem. I you think cannot that's a simple step. I disagree. I don't okay. think you can simplify without that scope of knowledge mm. because you're going to face these bets in the wild. <laughs> and like whenever that happens, like how the fuck do you react? Right? Like it's, it's why people are so bad at dealing with 300% pot right now. Mm -hmm. because they just don't study it and they never face it and then they try to intuit what am i supposed to continue with on the turn facing 300 percent pot and we see a lot of missteps right we see like combo draws jamming in spots where like pairs are actually what like to shove because in order to 300 percent pot most of that range is going to be sets right right you want to value block more than just equity yes it, right right for us facing like because what ends up happening right you face 300 percent pot and all you've studied is 100 percent pot so you just defer back to what happens facing full pot while being slightly tighter based off of seeing correct pot. but that's in but that's theoretically incorrect because it's a massive uh shift in equity thresholds between full pot and three pots right for full pot you could bet one pair pretty comfortably in a lot of situations, right? Yeah. For 3x pot, where SPR is call it like 10, that's a massive investment, basically insinuating that you are completely polarized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the response difference, there's a fair amount of raising taking place facing full pot. There's almost no raising taking place facing 3x pot. In I mean, obviously I'm thinking about a very specific scenario in my head, so I don't want to generalize, but like there's, there's significantly less raising taking place when facing three pots yeah. and more importantly the candidates shift drastically so like on wet board textures for instance an open-ended straight flush draw that has no showdown value versus pot is like happy to get in 
right? Like play raise, get in, whatever, like jam, whatever the case may be. But facing three pots, suddenly that hand doesn't like doing that any longer because it loses a lot of its fold equity based off of the types of hands that should be bet folding versus bet calling. Right. right. So it's all about range composition at the end of the day. Right. Forget the sizings, forget everything else. The sizings are just, uh, call them red flags or green flags for how the range is composed. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm alluding to is when we go into this, when we go into this mindset of simplification, it trends itself down the, the alley of don't worry about your composition. Right. Mm, I just wonder. Because I'm sure Patrick would agree with the, with the sentiment that more advanced looks into theoretical knowledge and seeing Sims for higher stakes and like to, not to make your own strategy more complex, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But having the comparative analysis is still important in order to come to these conclusions. Well, yeah. I mean, like, look, here, here's what it comes down to. It's, it's the bell curve, right? You start simple, you get complex, and then you arrive back at simple with now a whole new breadth of knowledge. Right having seen the complex. And what he's doing is he's basically distilling this down into a formulaic approach for those who don't care to go through the bell curve distribution. It's almost like you have to go through the middle in order to get to the to other side. To be good, you have to go through the middle yeah. to get to the other side, right? But to win, you don't. Like we could give Brian a betting matrixy and say, just follow this strictly with these loose guidelines regarding your range composition, and he would do just fine. If you give Brian like Mobius, like what Detox used, because I was in I was in Detox for half a year. Like if you gave Brian that, Brian would become a winning player very very quickly. Yeah, but Wait, it, I'm not a winning player. Well, you'd be you'd be winning. You in, would like, win significantly more. Yeah yeah, 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 significantly more and at a higher level. But your right. your your growth metric is extremely capped. And you'd have a red line. Right. Oh, I love red line. <laughs> but like your growth is extremely capped if you're not capable of actually going through the bell curve <laughs> mm -hmm. learning process yeah. yourself. That's that, that's my opinion. I, I'm not even bringing this up to poo-poo uh, Patrick Stride. I actually think like it really got me thinking because I realized that um, the, the way... That is good. No, the thread is for sure I, good. Yeah. But what I realize is that for me, whenever we're talking about these bell curve learning distributions, so to speak... Um, I, I just like recognize that the middle exists and I charge towards it. Mm -hmm. And so my learning style kind of reflects that as well as my teaching style. Like I, I never want to cut corners. I never want to oversimplify because I recognize that no matter what, no matter how far along we bring you through the simplification process, at some point you're going to have to meet your maker and deal with the complexity of the game. Right. right. So I would always rather front load that. Mm, Cause after experience, like, for myself on a personal level, when it comes to different bet sizes that I'll see and understanding range composition, X, Y, and Z, right? I see it from the right side of the curve where I've gone through all the not simple stuff because I don't even remember going through that much of the simple stuff, but just seeing a, enough sims and seeing different bet sizes, just plugging them in. You'll see, okay, these hands continue. Why do these hands continue? And it's not just about where they are range-wise, right? Because sometimes you'll see set blocker like ace like ace kicker call more than call it pocket sixes on like a 10 7 3 board mm -hmm. right but after seeing and understanding the concepts as to why of like the two pair outs or the ace out trips out unblocking the bluffs you start to realize oh this hand actually makes for a really clean bluff catcher on the end if the board doesn't change yeah but that's like a very middle of the curve correct foundational knowledge that you can get from looking at the end yes but you have to be able to look and quote unquote do your own research 
to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that to me... Skirting that research is a problem. Correct, correct. And, and you know, like at the end of the day, uh, between our two, our two philosophies or our two methodologies, mm -hmm. Patrick will churn out more short-term winners by a long shot. And long-term winners. Like Deta Detox and, 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 and I was going to say, and probably long-term winners too because they won't quit, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's enough... Uh, it's enough inertia. Good positive feedback. Yeah, it's enough inertia and positive feedback loops that even if it's kind of a hack to get them to that tough point in the in the distribution, they will eventually meet it head on, head on and say like, I've gotten this far. I trust in the process. Like, I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. Because the long term process of detox is to have the simplified strategy where from a baseline standpoint, the EV you're giving up isn't that much also coupled with the data and player pool analysis, you can have the confidence in the data overall that every decision you make is going to be a positive EV decision. Yeah, but that's but the idea long-term, right? And then it allows you to have the positive feedback of not even when you win or lose a hand, but knowing, okay, bluff catching here in this positive EV node is profitable. Now get to a million hands and see your win rate. Yeah, the, the, the issue with that though is that... Um not that it's not a smart approach. Of course, it's genius. It's free money, effectively. Yeah. But it's uh, it it's a, it tends to be a bit of a crutch because if you take that environment away where the data applies, what are you going to do? Like if you're playing live now, or even if like you just get thrown into a different pool where the data is like largely just not really applicable, right? Like I doubt that ignition data translates over to stars. 500 zoom right and there's going to be different player pools and different amounts of people in the field are going to change and skew the data right so it's easy to just say like well we'll just fade those pools but like you know at some point uh whether it's wanting to raise your or whether it's like wanting to go up in stakes or wanting to shift into more lucrative avenues like live or whatever the case may be at some point the data will leave you right because right? we've all played live poker bluff catching river as much as i would bluff catch online is a big torch yeah yeah big big mistake um but that's where the initial study and call it self-research comes in where you have to do the comparative analysis and then use the data that you have for the pool that you're playing so if you have the data for the pool that you are playing it makes sense to use it yeah and obviously venturing out into different no pools, of course it'd be insane not to but like uh, i would consider it insane to use detox data for live yeah i agree i yeah. mean nick and i thought about this a lot I mean, uh, I'm sure we can have Nick on the podcast. Nick's played a lot of live up to this point. Yeah, I think that the I think the 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 large thing that it boils down to is what they would qualify through their data set as a fish uh, would just be like a bad reg to a live player. And they have it a lot. And like what we would qualify as a fish in the live realm uh, is either just like a a a once in a lifetime white whale online or just doesn't exist. <laughs> right. But where you consider like wreck to be someone that's losing infinite per hundred where the they entire strategy like, shift is different. Yeah. Like, so for them, like uh, a giga whale would be losing like maybe eight to 10 per hundred where in live they're losing 50 plus. Yeah. Maybe a hundred, right? Like they're, they're just, they're losing so, so, so much money, which inherently makes everybody else in the game, a winning player. Like we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's like, I think that like, you know, in the live realm, a lot of the shit regs that we view as maybe break even or small winners or small losers actually over volume are probably losing like three to five big blinds per hundred. If the whale does not exist. If the whale doesn't exist, if they're just forced to put in, like if, if basically every session they put in was actually 
uh, 100x the hands, mm -hmm. right? Like you would see that true win rate come out right. because now the whale, the, like, the times that they get the game select and play the best games or whatever, wouldn't have as much impact on their bottom line, right? Right. But hours don't translate to hands when it comes to live poker. So a lot exactly. of this gets masks. Yeah, variance is a lot higher live than it is online. Yeah, right. Because true. live, you have X opportunity, X amount of times over very small sample size. Where online, you can play multiple hands for multiple hours and literally choose your own adventures, how many hands you play and mm -hmm. how much you want variance to affect you. Because if you only play for an hour, of course variance is gonna affect you if you play for an hour a day a month playing right. online. But if you're playing six hour days, playing like a very consistent, call it B plus game that you're bringing to the table where sometimes you're gonna play good, sometimes you're not, Long term, you're gonna be doing fine with the simplified strategy. But also, just it, it also just boils down to the actual strategies themselves too, right? So, like, uh, you know, we could say that online has like a lot lower variance because we could put in mass volume, but truly, the variance is reflective of whatever st strategy or uh, lack thereof that you're employing, right? right? So, so basically, over that volume, any negative EV edges that you have will come to light, and you'll basically win your true win rate. Yeah. Whereas in live. Uh, you're never going to win your true win rate. Not only will you never win your true win rate, but it could just vary, right? Like it could vary by scenario. You might just be like really good at, you know, socially setting up this dynamic where uh, in this particular game over the next X amount of hours with this guy steamed up in the seat that he's in with the seat that you're in, right. you're actually winning like 120 big blinds per hundred. Exactly. Because you're now playing, you're able to capture the EV that he is losing more than everyone else because of the dynamic that you yes, have. Exactly. We're online. That's a little bit less of a thing overall. It's almost like not a thing at all. I mean, sure. There are some spots, but like there's plenty of live games where like, I'm just V pipping my button almost always because of somebody who's in the blinds. Right. So it goes from playing like 50% of hands to like 90. Right. Right. Or like I'm flatting button versus like a particular spot that opens because there's a whale in the big and the whale is the one opening and yeah. I don't want to shut these people out. So yeah. it's like suddenly I'm just expanding my range, like three <laughs> X what it's supposed to be at equilibrium, especially like from like, live that being the case and then online when you have access to the overall data mm -hmm. right and now you're making your own strategy your strategy is going to swing fucking hard because you're trying to capture max ev in, right. your, in your win rate yeah. right you're not playing the call it the perfectly theoretically approached balanced style you're saying okay i know when population bet bet checks i can just go for it with anything yeah so now you're trying to redline win super hard and your variance is going to swing like crazy i mean that's kind of what happens live but it, it's the opposite of the variance swinging crazy right like the easiest example is that uh in live from almost every position you're going to raise deuces especially if you're sitting deep stack mm -hmm. right or you're going to call raises with deuces you're playing a pot and trying to flop a deuce yeah so it's like you're almost always set mining with deuces when you're in a live realm and the reason is is that people can make hundreds of big blinds worth of mistakes post right like you're basically playing the i'm going to stack them with good hand game right big hand big bet yeah and like you just do that right like that's that's a big part of the live strategy is bad player put money in pot i have hand that can flop relatively nuts and i'll stack him often enough that you forget about the three big blinds that you lose over and over and over again because you just win 300 because it doesn't the matter. time you make a set right whereas like online you you lose those three blinds over and over and over again and then you make a set and you like pick up the pot through a c bet right where sometimes online more so you're not going to get, call it the max value that you have. So you act, in theory, you're supposed to mix the opens because of rake based off of position. Where deuces, when you're opening low jack, is supposed to open 15% because it's a low frequency open. When you do get through bet, you call. So most of the time you're actually folding. 
but because you open that 15% of the time, when you get three bet for board coverage, now you call and play a pot. Right. Right. And then also when it comes to your range construction, this now becomes the bottom of your range to use the bluff later, where in live, if you keep having deuces, threes, fours, fives, sixes, you're going to have too many pairs that you could get taken advantage of in theory. Yeah, in theory. But you is don't. The, is the big thing. Right. Yeah. That's why you that, that, always that's just the play big, Yeah, that's kind of the big separation here where it gets tough to, to hold this conversation all in the same vein is that... Uh, it's the left side, right side. Yeah, it's just live more so than anywhere else. The, the theory and the practice don't really meet in the middle. You just know that playing all of these hands and the variance that each session is going to entail with the person that's potentially able to give you more money than you're allowed to get is going to be worth the smaller investment of yeah. calling the three bet. Fuck you grinning at. You just talking to the chat. Yeah, just talking to the chat. Because <laughs> like when it comes to when it comes to the left, right, even for yeah. online and the, oh man, I shouldn't open this, this amount, this, that, whatever. When you're playing smaller stakes online called like 500 and, L and lower, you still know that people are playing post horribly that you still want to open 100%. Yeah. You just trust in the fact that your pre-flop er, and post-flop edge is going to manifest itself over the long term. Yeah. So you play wider. Yeah. Because you're incentivized to. Yeah. I think for a lot of us, that was an excuse we used to I play wider. I think it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, again, it's coming full circle. It's like when you can actually conceptually understand where the money's coming from. Right. As opposed to just saying like, I can look... Buckle out Joe in the face and know that I'm a better post-flop player than him. So I'm going to play all the fucking hands. And it's like, well, that's not wrong. It's not. But you're giving a lot back that you don't realize. In some cases, because you know on certain board textures or ways of just overall experience, right? Because I've played millions of hands online of, okay, I know that this line of small bet, over bet, over bet jam doesn't get called enough. Just empirically based off of my sample. And yeah. I'm going to follow and trust that and hope that that works. And that's a potential strategy and you get wrecked when you start getting overcalled. Right. But that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So when it does, you have to make adjustments. Sure. Seems reasonable. Well, you missed the big convo yesterday, so we're gonna wrap on it today, give you your your crack at it, Lamana. Uh the FT, FTX stuff, you have any money on there? I did. <clears throat> it's so gone? It, yeah, it's gone. Market in, zero. In, in, into my wallet. Don't oh, worry. they didn't eviscerate it for No, you. no. See, you got to be sharp. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I um, honestly, I did have money on there. And um, it kind of goes to show that like, if you are going to get into crypto, if you are going to invest your hard-earned money into uh, different things, you need, to, like, you need to know about it. You need to be educated about it. And, um, or you just know, follow I, smart people. Yeah, or false motion. But, but like, you have to understand how it works, right? So, like, um, I knew very easily how to, how to move it off the exchange onto a, a cold wallet, right? Okay. Um, and when this, you know, all this FDX stuff started going down, that's, that's what I did. I moved it immediately. Um, I know people that, uh, you know, who didn't and, and lost, lost a lot of money, which sucks. But it just, like, it's just a, you have to kind of, um, you know, take this as a, as a lesson on, on well, oh, when you're when you're investing the, to like go ahead. that's probably minimizing it a bit that definitely minimizing it. i mean we're seeing like an enron type of oh. uh yes of course level no. of theft here. right right yeah um so yeah just to to catch up uh anybody who's been living under a rock uh f ftx was the second leading exchange right behind binance who they actually mm -hmm. had a working not a working partnership with, but they were like friendly, I guess. 
Um, the CEO of Binance actually, I guess, kind of understood that they were uh, illiquid or mm-hmm. um, I guess un- unable to uh, come up with enough capital if there was a run on the bank. And he effectively started this siege uh, on their funds through some tweets and, and some messaging, basically just trying to create some level of panic around those who had money on FTX. Well, yeah, the, 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 the token, the F, FTT token, mm-hmm. it, it came to light that it was um, being used in this hedge fund, right? That, right. So they had it on Alamide. their balance. Yeah, yeah Alameda had it on their balance sheet, right? So then when, once they realized that, they were like, oh, well, we're just going to dump it and it's going to fuck yeah. them over. Yeah, so yeah, very strategic, obviously, by Binance, um, but also just kind of... Very similar to Black Friday type esque uh, understanding, where it's like, you know, a a, a few a few uh, events happen in a certain sequence that erupt this major scandal that otherwise probably goes unnoticed because, like, much like Full Tilt, they're making so much money that so long as this chain of events doesn't occur, no one's any the wiser. What is the full Full Tilt story, so to speak, like? In, in a very short amount of time. Like, why did it collapse if they were doing roughly the same idea? The simple answer is that they did not segregate player funds from personal or company funds. Okay. So they were overspending. Same thing as FTX. FTX right. was like 10x leveraging their cash, their mm-hmm. capital. So that means when people need their money and say like, hey, I want to cash out, they go, cool, we'll get that to you in 30 days. And then they'll try to get enough customers to then pay that balance. So yeah. enough people from Full Tilt also wanted their money where they had an issue. Black Friday happened. Everybody had to cash out. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. That so, makes sense. so in that instance, it was one singular event. Right. Caused the collapse. The event happened. Everyone said, give me my money now. And they're like, oh shit. Yeah, the owner of, um, uh, or CEO and owner of uh, Coinbase was on the All In podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was saying that he was like, he's like, well, I was looking at my balance sheet, right? And <laughs> he's like, he's like, I know what we make and we, we did more revenue than FTX. And here's the amount of money we had to spend on advertisements and, and, mm-hmm. and sponsorships. And then there's FTX, you know, putting their names on arenas and uh, everywhere, right? Yeah. They're everywhere. He's like, the, where are they getting this money? He's like, There's, I, this doesn't make sense. And he's, like, it didn't. He's, like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe the hedge fund is just printing money, right? He's like, but th- this really doesn't make sense where they're getting all their money. And then now we, now we, it's come to light. <laughs> yeah. So right. it all, it all comes back to SBF in this instance, Sam. Um, Bankman Freed. Bankman. Yeah. Bankman Freed. Um, and over the last 24 hours or so, 36 hours, I guess, he's kind of been putting out this cryptic tweet thread. Uh, so he was going one letter at a time after put, putting out what, and it ultimately resulted in what happened. Uh, since then, today, he's put out another four tweets, five tweets. He says, this is not legal advice, not financial advice. This is all as I remember it, but my memory may be faulty. Uh, he said, I'll get into what happened. For now, let's talk about where we are today. For what it's worth, like this, this type of tweeting where you go through this cryptic thing for a day and a half, and then you go, uh, this isn't advice type thing. Like you, you put a, um, a warning label on it, right? And then on top of that, you say, I'll get what happened, which is the precursor to all this. Like what happened was the cryptic tweet he put out. He goes, I'll get to that. But first, mm-hmm. let's talk about today. Yeah. While people have <laughs> billions of dollars locked up on his exchange. Correct. Well, not even locked up. We know it's zero. 
Well, um, I, that's what I mean. Because of that I, hack. I mean, yeah. it's frozen, I should say. They don't they don't have it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't freeze what's not there. The Iceman froze you. Uh, so he <laughs> says, to the best of my knowledge, as of 11-7, uh, with the potential for errors, Alameda had more assets than liabilities. Alameda had margin positions on FTX International. FTX US had enough to repay all customers. So it sounds like he's trying to imply that this is all cooked up and that somehow... Everything that is being circulated publicly now is just FUD and that FTX US actually, to his knowledge, actually has funds that to his knowledge, Alameda had more assets than liabilities that to his knowledge, Alameda had a margin position on FTX International. And, you know, basically he's trying to generate this narrative that all will be well that the money will be returned. Like, that's what I'm taking from mm -hmm. this. That somewhere between potentially more than $10 billion will find its way back. Yeah. Okay. No, sure. wait, how much did you say? Over 10 billion, right? I think it's more than that. Yeah, more than that. I was yeah, saying 10 billion as the floor. Something, something around that. Oh, I thought it was significantly more. Maybe. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but... A lot. Uh, it's a, lot it's a very unfathomable amount of money. I yeah, can't it's even a sick amount. I can't even imagine a, a billion dollars let alone 10 yeah. times of that of course. yeah i mean people who knows if anybody will get anything back it'll probably be some sort of fraction of what they had on no, there it, it, i mean maybe i'm out on a limb saying this but it's going to be zero like we know that it's going to be there's no government bailout here this isn't the well, 2008 no, well, financial crisis so they filed for bankruptcy and so usually what happens is uh they liquidate they go in they you go heard in, they what happened right this weekend when they, their uh, funds are all liquidated. They got hacked. Right. Yeah, not all of them, but, but a lot of them, right. I, I mean, I heard it, a, it was like just shy zero. of a billion. Yeah, it was somewhere around 600, 600 million. I, oh, I heard nine. Yeah, and then they converted it all to ETH, and like that wallet is now one of like the biggest uh, holders of ETH yeah. in the world. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, so I heard it was upwards of 900 million. Um, but either way... Uh, I don't know that there's any assets left. Yeah. Right? So it's like, uh, he follows up and says, my goal, my one goal is to do right by customers. I'm contributing what I can by doing so. <laughs> I'm meeting in person with regulators and working with teams to do what this we can for customers. Guy. And after that, investors, but first customers. My goal, clean up and focus transparency, make customers whole. This, like, this is, mean? this is delusions of grandeur. Mm -hmm. Like you're meeting with regulators to regulate what? Yeah, what's he talking about? To mount what, up, obviously. Right, like, what are you? <laughs> what are you going to regulate, man? You broke every fucking law in right. the regulatory book. Right. Is he? He's just saving. I don't know what he's doing. He's it seems like to... he's concocting some sort of story where, like, everything you've heard is false. I ran a tight ship. Everything is on the up and up. Listen, when these things happen, people get desperate and they just they do whatever they like. You know. Your back's against the wall. You're gonna yeah. do anything you can to get out of the situation. How illogical it is. Yeah, I agree with you. But the, the difference is here: we're dealing with a, a genius type, right? And like everybody that seems to be well within the know of the circle is basically saying like he's playing chess. He's he's always ten moves ahead before he he makes any of these statements and things of that nature. It's like we already know he's trying to flee to a country that doesn't extradite. Hmm. So uh, do you think that this happening is all part of the master plan? So here's, here's what a couple uh, accounts that have been following closely uh, said about this. Um, 
Barica Wall says, uh, is Sam typing his thread in slow motion and deleting selected tweets simultaneously so the bots won't detect it? Is that the reason he's doing this? And it came to, came to find out, they're like, yes, it actually worked. So basically, it seems as though the bots have like a one-minute trigger window where uh, they only check like every 60 seconds to update these accounts. Delete one, add one, delete one, Correct. add one. And they so the second he presses it. delete, he types another singular character, tweets it out, and now he has the exact same tweet count that he had 60 seconds ago. Yep. And that allowed the bots to uh, not notice a bunch of these deleted tweets. So I guess that they said like his last dozen tweets, this was... 20 hours ago, so sometime mid-afternoon yesterday. His last like dozen tweets hadn't been yeah. noticed by the bots. So yeah. the detectives are on the case. They're on the case, man. The internet is unfucking defeated right. when it comes to this shit. Mm -hmm. Like man. you just you cannot be in a public space and be crooked these days. Okay, you know? so if I'm seeing this from like the call, like he SVF is like the anti-hero anime villain type where he's doing all these nefarious things. What is the positive that he's trying to do trying to get from this? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, his own freedom. I assume, like, there's no arc here where he's he's ultimately the hero. He's the anti-hero. That's the issue. The issue is in 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 the anime story arcs. He actually is the hero because right. there's a big scheme. You know, yeah, no. Here, there's no scheme. No, <laughs> they, they got you, man. There's <laughs> a scheme, but it's not for the betterment it's of everyone else. It's not for the better of the people. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can say with relative confidence. Uh, you know. I don't, what, what the fuck do I know, I guess? I'm only following from afar, and I'm just watching people who are much smarter than me when it comes to this space. Mm -hmm. But I feel with a relatively high degree of certainty that people with FTX funds are getting near zero back. This yeah. isn't an FTP thing. This isn't full tilt, right. where there was you know, uh, a player pool and software and like all these assets worth recovering. Like Stars lost a little bit on bailing them out, but future-wise, they gained a lot. They got a W, yeah. big W for stars. Yeah. They they became the number one site uh, in in the world at the time. They basically bought themselves a goodwill pass into getting into the United States whenever it did become regulated. And we see that they're one of three operators. It's them, MGM, and uh, which is Party Poker. So them, MGM slash Party, and WSOP. And like, that's it, yeah. right? So uh, they didn't do it out of the goodness of their heart. No, they saw opportunity. Correct. And there's and none okay here. Sometimes. There's none here. The the number one competitor that would have potentially bailed them out is the one who fucking broke yeah, them. Yeah, they're like, hey, hey, come here, here. We're gonna bail you out. Never mind. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they took they took a look at the books. It took them less than a day to it be swooped like, out. We, don't, we want nothing to do. With that's this. what I don't think people remember is like for for when Full Tilt went down. Uh, we it, it's such a distant memory now. We feel like we all got paid back quickly. Stars paid out like that day. Yeah. You could transfer your account balance to your bank like literally that day. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so when people sold money from their account, like on cents on the dollar? Full tilt took two and a half years to start paying people back. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that entire two and a half year window, people were selling full tilt money, cents on the dollar. Yeah. And this it was, was going for like 75, 80 This is also happening with FTX. Right, Last but it happened week. for like 12 hours. Yeah. It's the midst of it, yeah. People were like, uh, they had like multi-million dollar accounts yeah. and they're like, I have a $50 million account and I'm selling it at 73 cents on the dollar. Oh so, my God, I saw like multi-million dollar accounts selling cents. 10 cents. Well, 15. I'm sure it started at, you know, about 73 yeah. and, and, you know, it kept decreasing. And even I just that, think about all like, the people that, that took 
took them up on that offer. I mean, now, honestly, the, now they're just left from what I bag. saw. There wasn't much of a market. Yeah, All yeah. of the sellers wanted like fifteen to twenty percent. There couldn't have been much of a market because everyone saw the writing on the wall at that point. Yeah. Everything I saw, everybody wanted like 15 to 20 cents on the dollar and all the buyers were offering like around 10. Yeah. So like they were just so far off. Mm -hmm. So just for clarification's sake, when it came to the full tilt stuff and people selling like 80 cents on the dollar, mm -hmm. if somebody bought those accounts, they actually got repaid in full. Well, the person they bought from would get repaid in full and then that person would... Get, Out of good faith. They would, they get, would owe them the money. Right, mm -hmm. but it's very possible to kind of... I mean, yeah, that. it's the poker community. Everything's a fucking handshake deal. Right, exactly. But um, in, in this sense, if some, if I, if you had a hundred K on and I bought it from you for 80 yep. and then the money after two and a half years came back. I just back, owe you 80 K no matter what, uh, like the second that the money is released from full tilt, I instantly owe you 80 K. Yeah. And if it's never released, I owe you nothing. Right. Yeah. There was some money to be made then. Cause they actually got mm -hmm. the money back to everyone. Correct. This goes to show that like this, the crypto space is, it really is the wild, wild west still. It's, Super in new. its infancy so like i don't know where this is gonna go how, how, how this is all gonna get fleshed out i think that like the you know the bitcoins the bitcoin and ethereum are gonna eventually I've, i for one liked up. when everybody was rich yeah of course i, I mean we talked right. about this a little bit yesterday mm -hmm. like it, it is in its infancy in some regard but uh a lot of that is a byproduct of the fact that it wasn't meant blockchain technology was not meant to create a new Financial, financial market. market right of course right yeah that's exactly what happened right it was just like oh we have this alternative store of value we have this alternative uh it's a way to, it was right. a way for peer-to-peer -peer, mm -hmm. uh transactions so interactions quick and cheap it was effectively a mm -hmm. way to skirt government yeah in daily then, activities yeah and then these giant institutions came in Correct. and turned it into a financial market and yeah. they did ex essentially what uh uh what wall street did when they weren't regulated right it was right. like hey let's not make this a financial market mm -hmm. okay sure now i'm going to come in and make it a financial yeah market. i mean that's what allowed all these coins to soar but also allowed them to come crashing down yeah I, and yeah <laughs> don't get me wrong all, like, the, all the you know don't get me wrong i think <laughs> liquidity some, in the in the market i think some level of regulation will will be helpful but we have to remember that this is a global market not a, a local one uh, mm -hmm. So us creating regulation is probably just going to be harmful to United States consumers more right. so it than it really is to the much. right. Right, it's not going to move the needle in mm -hmm. the overall space. And also, even if we can come up with some sort of like global, um, uh, like legislation or whatever that regulates this market to some degree, stuff like this can still happen. Like yeah. Ponzi's happen all the time, right? This mm -hmm. is a this, this is, is a life. byproduct of <laughs> intelligent people right. being able to work over others for billions and billions of dollars. Like the Madoff thing had nothing to do with uh, there not being enough regulation, right? Mm -hmm. It was just him having a, a pretty sharp and corrupt way of getting around, yeah. not even getting around it, but just like breaking the rules effectively. I, I saw a tweet from an account that said that with the Madoff situation, 81% of people that were involved got their initial investment back. Whereas with this SBF oh, wow. uh, FTX thing, you're, you're getting fucking nothing. Right. Yeah, for all yeah, intents and yeah. purposes. Mm -hmm. like, you're getting wrecked. Wow, that's crazy. Madoff, I believe, was sentenced to life. And Basically, he actually yeah. made like 80 plus percent of his entire clientele whole. They just lost out on the profit. Like he just stole their profits. Imagine how much worse it has to be if, yeah. uh, if you, you, get just, no money. you just rugged every, no every money. penny. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be sort of selfish. I'm going to be the whole way. <laughs> I'm going to be 100% selfish. Greedy. Yeah. yeah. Never go full selfish. <laughs> that reference is impeccable. Um, You're welcome. 
<laughs> no, it's just that, that movie reference. Whatever. Uh, one last shout out to uh, WPT Global, home for your chance to win your way into the WPT Championship event at the win. $15 million guaranteed prize pool. Don't forget, you have an opportunity still to win your seat. That's a $10,000, $10,400 dollars package. Uh, with an additional 2K for travel. WPT Global is giving away a seat nightly, one seat guaranteed that always has an overlay, as well as eight seats guaranteed this Sunday. That'll be the final eight seat guarantee. I believe last Sunday's overlaid by four seats. Uh, so be sure to get in there if you're in a territory that you can. If not, be sure to follow all of the ambassadors that are grinding these out as we... We just, being you, where are you, where, when are you giving things away, I mean, man? You know, I'm running bad, man. What do you want You're from not me? even, are you even playing? You know, don't kick me when I'm down. Are you even playing? Yeah, we I'm need fucking to, we, playing. You know, we need to build Berkey up and give him the confidence he needs so he can get these seats to our listeners. You know what I the issue is? Need to do. Have you even tried yoga? I Yeah, he's right. Have you licked a frog? He's right, I haven't licked a frog. Do you even lift, bro? I do lift. I do look. Maybe that's the uh, the anti run good though. <laughs> lick a frog. I need to lick a frog for the people. What's more likely, you dunking a basketball or you winning another seat before this is all said and done? Base. Oh, definitely me winning a seat. All right, let's do it then. Definitely we win. We have to give stuff away, man. I got Ethan it, won one. Yeah, I'm fucking Santa Claus. I get it. You're not Santa Claus because you gave away two seats. That's not. Yeah, I gave that. away two fucking you know, seats. Listen, but we, we want more. We want more. We always want more. We, we're, not the, we're not looking at the past. We're looking at the we future. as the marketing committee would like you to give away more seats. <laughs> Speaking of seats, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have one academy seat remaining for February's second to the fifth. Uh, that is the week prior to the Super Bowl, so there's no excuse not to come. We have nothing going on that weekend. Nobody watches the fucking Pro Bowl. That's obvious. Did they uh, stop with the Pro Bowl and they just have skills now? I think now? so. Yeah, I think so. They knew it was a uh, if you would like to be a part of the Poker Out Loud version of the Academy, please head to academy.softwarewide.io. Be sure to sign up, grab that last seat. Uh, we haven't announced new dates yet. Uh, I'll get on that this week. I'm guessing it's going to be either late March or early April. It's just going to depend on the tournament schedules and what the fuck else mm -hmm. is going on with the company. But... Uh, you can anticipate new dates being announced soon. Uh, also, we have a new episode of Poker Out Loud out today. Be sure to head over to solvefory.io if you want to check that out. Uh, we will be running a Black Friday special next week as well. Uh, don't want to tease it yet because we haven't solidified the Stay details, tuned. but be sure to pay attention. We'll get all of that out next week. We'll have a, a coupon code or a sign-up code, whatever we decide on sometime midweek next week. Uh... Appreciate you being back, my fellow Yinzer. It's good to be back. I've missed you. I've missed this chair. Mm, nice uh, she chair. feels oh. she feels nice. Mm. Uh, I do immediately get the the second I come back into this chair though, like I immediately get usurped. Landon's just right out there stepping on my dick. Mm. What are you talking? You know, it was just like I never left. I, listen, man, I was trying to help. I get it. You don't want my, you don't want my help. That's fine. I'm done. The intersection is always I'm open done. for you, man. Yeah. No, I'm done. I, I'm coming right back to that green chair. I am not. Look how comfy you. he looks. Look. Dude, I'm so happy. Now I you have know this how your mom feels. No, I'm you know? so happy I have this chair because my lower back right now is not having it. Oh man, we're just gonna have to get Andre to come over and walk all over it. I yep. need to be yep. fixed. I want to dunk a basketball before the end of the year just to like dunk on you for this bet. Literally <sighs> dunk on you. Literally and figuratively. Can't wait. We will be back this time tomorrow, noon Pacific time. Thank you guys all so much for joining us. See you then. Peace. Peace.